You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee podcast, episode number 141. Last week, we met the attorney behind the selfie stick, Vincent Lotempio, an IP attorney and an expert on intellectual property law. This week's podcast, you'll meet a man who's built a multi-million dollar business one quarter at a time. That's right, one 25-cent quarter at a time. Matt Miller, the president and founder of School Spirit Vending. We'll talk about how and why to start a side business, the origin of spirit stickers and how they've affected Matt's company, and the effects of having a successful side business on your personal life. He's got an incredible story. You don't want to miss a single second. Hey, 70% of the respondents of a recent survey indicated that job-related training and development opportunities influenced their decision to stay at their job. If you're not offering any training, your best employees just might walk. Jumpstart HR doesn't want that to happen, so we've created a brand new training platform on Teachable. Our site, humanresources.teachable.com, is where we've launched our first training on the all-too-important topic of sexual harassment at work and what you should be doing about it. Topics to come will include HR management, time management, project management, how to have difficult conversations at work, and more. Keep your employees happy and keep your best employees. Purchase training at humanresources.teachable.com. And our reviewer of the week is Scott Holden, who's always showing love on Instagram. Scott is a buddy of mine, and I just thank you, Scott, for being a champion of the podcast and always posting what you're listening to on your Insta story. So if you're listening to this podcast, thank you. And for those of you that have not gotten a chance to meet Scott, He's awesome. He always is an expert at fitness, and he's also uh, at Juice Plus. So if you're looking to get into fitness and get healthy, look him up on Instagram. And of course, I want to hear from you as well. So make sure you subscribe and review the episode that you're listening to on iTunes so I can read your review on an upcoming podcast. While you're listening, screenshot the episode and share to your IG Insta story or Twitter and tag me at Joey V Price HR so we can connect because I love sharing your post on my Insta story too. Before we get into our talk with Matt Miller today, I've got a brief segment with PayPal's general manager of North American Small Business. It's National Small Business Week and it's PayPal Small Business Month. So I had a chance to talk with him and discuss how PayPal is helping small businesses all across the country use their online platform to increase revenue and build their business. Check it out. Would it surprise you to know that more than 50% of Americans either own or work for a small business? Big businesses may dominate the stock market, but it's small businesses and startups that keep our economy moving. PayPal's Amit Mathradas is joining us to discuss how PayPal is empowering small businesses and helping them grow. Thanks for joining us, Amit. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so May is National Small Business Month, and this week specifically is National Small Business Week. How is PayPal helping small businesses across the country? Well, you know, from our inception, you know, PayPal has provided tools uh, to small businesses to really, you know, achieve their dreams and, and grow. You know, we are fortunate today to serve over 19 million merchants across the globe. And, and the way we do that is, you know, by providing technology tools such as being able to get paid online, get paid in an app or in store. But also, you know, growth tools such as access to working capital, consumer credit, 
uh, and you know access to PayPal's 230 million uh, you know consumers that use PayPal on, on a daily basis. The as you mentioned, you know the first week of May is National Small Business Week, and, and in that spirit, you know we have declared. Uh, May is PayPal Small Business Month, and what we are doing is going around the country to 12 cities where we are hosting workshops with our partners such as Kiva and Sharp Heels and Bunker Labs to really empower and provide the information that small businesses need to be successful, whether it be technology information or, you know, growth tool information. Yeah, and as a small business owner myself, I know one of the first things I did after registering with the IRS and, and with my state I logged in and signed up as a business on PayPal because that was the fastest way for me to get invoices up and running. That is, you know, we appreciate you doing that and, and that, you know, a lot of our customers do that. Yeah, and, and so let's, I, I am just one of many small businesses, so could we kind of take that 35,000 foot view and mm -hmm. figure out how big of an impact small businesses have on our economy? Sure. You know, the, the impact that small businesses have on, on the U.S. economy is huge. You know, let me just start by letting your listeners know, you know, small businesses defined by the SBA as anyone that employs less than 500 uh, employees. Small businesses today generate over, you know, 62% of all net new jobs that are created. 99% of all employers in the private sector are small businesses. And not only do small businesses have this huge impact at the overall GDP and, and, and national level, but, you know, a lot of them are hiring at the local level. They're hiring their friends, their cousins, their colleagues to come work there. And the incomes that they generate, you know, are provided back into the, in, into the local community as donations or buying from other small businesses. So the impact that they have is, you know, not only at the grassroots, but, you know, all the way up to the, to the large uh, national level. Okay, so again, we are joined by the general manager of PayPal's North American Small Business Department, Amit Mithradas. What can small business owners do locally to learn more about growing their business and having more of that economic impact that you just discussed? Well, there are you know a bunch of avenues that, that uh, small businesses can go to. You know, one of course is their local chamber of commerce. You know, the SBA.gov has tons of information on, on their website. And we also welcome your viewers to come to paypal.com slash stories, uh, where we have all the information that I mentioned about this tour that we're doing across the country, as well as, uh, you know, tips, tools, tricks and, on how to use technology, how to use these growth tools, and, you know, stories and blogs from other small businesses on the challenges that they have had and how they will overcome it using technology and some of these tools. Well, let's drill down on that a bit, Amit. And how has technology affected the way that workers and owners do their jobs and, and manage their mm -hmm. businesses? You know, technology has, has really impacted, you know, and, and aided small businesses in, in growing. You know, for me, it's, uh, you know, the, my opinion is it's, it's the great equalizer and helps a lot of small businesses really compete with a lot of large, bigger businesses uh, with the capabilities that they are now given. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, 10, 15 years ago, a, a small business would, you know, a mom-and-pop shop would sell to their local community. Today, with the advent of all these, you know, these tools and website builders and ability to reach and use PayPal, for example, to reach consumers uh, across the globe, it's, it's really simple for a small business to set up and start finding customers, hundreds of millions of new customers across the globe. You know, that's, that's one side of technology, helping finding customers, getting better at your operations. 
But the other side is, you know, technology is also helping the consumers that these merchants are bringing in have a much better experience. You know, whether it be online uh, with a one-touch, you know, checkout, so there's no credit card information being exchanged, or whether it be in the store with, you know, like a PayPal Here device, which uh, lets consumers pay any which way they want, debit card, credit card, Apple Pay, Android Pay. So technology is really having a, a dual impact, you know, one on, on the merchant itself and the small business itself, allowing them to grow and reach new customers, but two, providing those new customers, you know, much better experience. Okay, so Amit, I have to ask, I know that you're the GM of PayPal's North American Small Business Department right now, but if you had to start your own business and use PayPal, what type of business would you, would you start? Um, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> I would probably say, you know, knowing what I know about the capabilities that PayPal has, I would say it would probably be an online business that, you know, leverages mobile, and, you know, is one that can, you can sell and, and find customers around the globe. You know, one of, the, one of the cool things that is happening as we talk to our merchants is, and as a capability to sell internationally, you know, become so simple, is a lot of international buyers want unique, you know, U.S.-made products and things from, from this country. And so, it, it, to me, that would be probably a, a marketplace product where I could sell to customers across the globe and, and do it really easily using PayPal and, and, and other partner tools. Awesome. Well, this is the Business Life and Coffee podcast, so maybe we'll have to help you get a uh, coffee roasting business going and you can <laughs> ship it across the globe. Well, Amit, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, thank you for coming on to the podcast today, and I hope you have a great rest of your, uh, your PayPal Small Business Month. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey guys, it's your girl Ashley Graham and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy Joey Price. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Business Life and Coffee Podcast where our goal each week is to make sure that you not only build a better business but also build a better life for yourself. And our next guest is here to teach you why you need to join the Vending Business Enterprise. Matt Miller graduated from the U.S. Air Force Academy and served as a pilot for nine years. Matt, thank you for your service. And after the military, he ventured into the medical and advertising fields where he was a top performer. His long-term desire was to start a business to build a lifestyle based on freedom and choice. And with that being said, Matt invested $100 into school spirit vending and turn that into a multi-million dollar vending business. Hey, Matt, thank you for joining the show. Hey, Joey. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. I got to tell you, though, I had my Frappuccino from Starbucks already this morning. Oh, man. So you're <laughs> wired and ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I'm, re I'm ready to rock. I'm, I'm not the coffee drinker in the house. That's my wife. But I, I guess coffee in a, in a Frappuccino, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that counts. That counts. You crossed the uh, Starbucks threshold, so and you walked away with something in a cup. So uh, we're gonna go with that. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey man, tell us about your franchising enterprise. I mean, you went from a hundred dollars to a multi-million enterprise. That is huge. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, I had one gumball machine that I started with about thirteen years ago. Was broke. 
uh, had gotten out of the military, was in the corporate world at the time, and some decisions that were made that significantly hurt my family financially. So I turned to business on the side in order to make ends meet and sold books online on Amazon for a while, Did uh, collected aluminum cans for a while. And then after reading Robert Kiyosaki's book and a buddy of mine from church mentioning vending and gumball machines, that's when the light bulb came on. I build a traditional business in vending, candy, gumballs, toys, stickers, tattoos, that type of thing for the first couple of years. And then when the market tanked in 07 and 08, had some kids come knocking on my door selling stuff for the local school fundraiser. And that's where the whole idea of spirit stickers and sticker machines in schools and helping them raise money came out of. Fast forward to today, we've been doing this for about 10 and a half years. In fact, last month was the first official month, 10 years ago, of school spirit vending itself. And then about three years ago, we started franchising. To date, we have about 110 families we work with around the U.S. in 42 or 43 states. I've just recently started working with some folks internationally, doing consulting with them and helping them potentially bring what we do to their country and teaching them the ropes there. And uh, we've sold over 40 million stickers in that period of time to kids across the country. So, Matt, let's go back to the beginning here, and we're going to talk more about the present state of your business. But I still can't get over the fact that you started this business with $100, and you mentioned that it was a wasn't such a great financial time for your family right now. What was it like and what was the experience like taking that $100, investing it into yourself, and were you afraid that it wasn't going to work? I didn't have a choice, to be honest, Joey. We we were at a point where I got turned down for a payday loan, and you don't even need a credit rating for a payday loan. That's how bad it was. We got to where for birthday parties for our family, my wife and three kids all have their birthdays in August and September. So they're all within a month of each other. And we just couldn't afford simple things like birthday cake or anything. So we got to the point where we would go get those little York peppermint patties and put candles in them. And to this day, our family still refers to them as birthday cake. And we still use that to celebrate birthdays just to remind ourselves of where we came from and how far we've come. Wow, man, that is a incredibly humbling, humbling reminder. And so let's talk about that place of being broke into now you've invested into this $100 business. What types of resources were provided for you? And then how much of it was hustle and sweat equity to really build this thing? I bought a couple ebooks on Amazon and kind of learned the different types of vending, decided that bulk vending, candy, gumballs, that type of thing was the best route for me to take because I didn't want to create another full-time job for myself. I wanted something that would just be happening on the side so that I could continue to pursue my career. And gumballs was the cheapest way to get there. So I bought a used gumball machine on eBay. I found that Sam's Club had candy and gumballs for sale and went and bought some there. And then I went out literally just door to door starting to try to figure this thing out. I probably knocked on 30 or 40 businesses in my local community outside of Houston to start before I got that first location. And it was a karate studio. Um, there in our local community. And I actually placed the machine to help them raise money for a family with a child who had some medical bills. And so we did it as a kind of a charity 
uh, location. But I placed the machine and after two weeks, I was like, because my family had never used these machines before. I had never given my kids quarters to use them. I had never used them. So I was like, okay, is this really going to be a thing? Two weeks into it, I couldn't I needed to know, was this real? So on a Thursday night, I went by the karate studio. It was packed with parents and, and their kids, put the key in the machine and quarters spilled out all over the floor. And I was like, holy smokes, this thing actually works. Once that was validated with that one location, I was all in. And every last penny that I could come up with, I invested into equipment because I looked at that equipment as a little building block or a little brick in a wall of income much like Kiyosaki talks about uh, in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so that one first machine was one brick. And then I went and bought another one and, and added another brick. And slowly but surely, nights and weekends put together a wall of income initially with candy and gumball and eventually started doing some work and toys and stickers and that type of thing as well. So Matt, I'm chuckling to myself because it it sounds like you built a multi-million dollar business a quarter at a time. That's <laughs> that's insane, man. Yeah. So all right, you you've built this wall of income with the karate place. What happens next? What was the next hurdle for you like? So I got to where I was making two times what I was making full time nights and weekends and with about 125 locations around the Houston area. And I was pretty stoked. But 07 and 08 hit, like I mentioned, the market crashed. People stopped frequenting the businesses that I normally or that I had equipment in. And I got frustrated because our revenues dropped about in half. And I had done some stuff because I my career at the time was in advertising, direct mail and print advertising. So I understood a little bit about the graphic design process, though I'm not a designer. And so I knew enough to be dangerous. And so when these kids came by my house, I didn't know the kids, their parents weren't with them. So they were coming to a Houston suburb going door to door to strangers' houses, which I would have never let my kids do that. And my kids were of comparable age. I was like, man, there's something wrong with this picture. But the light bulb came out. I was like, man, if, if I'm worried about parents showing up at the restaurant where I've got a machine, why don't I figure out a way to get a machine where the kids are five days a week, nine months out of the year? And then I don't have to worry about the ups and downs of the economy as much. And that coupled with my design or my advertising experience led to this idea of spirit stickers. Initially, we thought in high schools, but in our early testing, we found out that the older kids really didn't interact with the machines like the younger ones did. So we pivoted. And I placed my very first test school in West Columbia, Texas, southwest of Houston, 10 and a half years ago. And the first month, the machine did incredible. In fact, it did better than any of my other 125 locations that I had. The second month, we did twice that much. The third month, we did three times that much because my buddy who helped me get the school ended up keeping some product there in his office and he would refill the machine when it needed to be refilled. And at that point in time, I was like, man, I'm on to something. So I went back to the whole door-to-door -door thing and then found a trade show where school volunteers would go. And that kind of led to, to the whole jump off into schools. And that first trade show, we got 10 schools. And man, fast forward to today, we're in nearly 3,000. Okay, so you're in 3,000 schools now, built with stickers and found out that the elementary school 
products worked a little bit better. Are you in high schools now, middle schools, colleges? What's the current state of school spirit vending? We're primarily doing what we do in, in elementary schools still today. There's a lot of opportunity in those other places, but right now our 100% focus is with the elementary and middle schools primarily. We'll probably get to those others eventually, but right now there's enough opportunity right where we're at. Nice. Okay. So you wrote a book. It's called Live Your Dreams, the top 10 reasons why you need to own a vending business. And clearly, if you're listening to this podcast now, you have seen, I'm talking to the listener now, you have seen Matt's business grow a quarter at a time to being a multi-million dollar franchise. What are some of those top 10 reasons? We don't have to go into all of them, but what are some of the main reasons why you would say to a person looking to start a business, hey, you should start in vending? Well, first off, it's under the radar. Most professionals don't look at vending as a real business. They don't see a quarter or 50 cents at a time as real money. But here's a newsflash, guys. You can start a podcast like Joe and I both have, or you can start a blog or you can start a, you know, some sort of content machine online and create funnels and all that and potentially go years without seeing any real return for that. A vending machine, I invested 39 bucks in that used machine and another 40 or so in the candy and gumballs. I put it in the location. Two weeks later, I had a return for my investment. So the first thing is vending provides an immediate return. The second thing is, like I said, most people don't see it as a real business. Therefore, there's a ton of opportunity there because everybody else is looking at the flashy thing instead of the more traditional thing that vending obviously is. The other thing I would say is vending is extremely passive, especially bulk vending. The machines don't need to be seen, but every four, six, eight weeks, depending on the type of location that you're in. So you continue to do your thing full time, continue to work wherever you work, continue to be the best employee you can be and maximize your return for your efforts there. But you can here be like a duck on water. You know, a duck is sitting there and it looks just calm and cool and, and everything. But under the water, it's paddling like there's no tomorrow. And with vending, it gave me the opportunity to be that. I was one of the top performers in my office until the day that I put in my two weeks and left. But I, nights and weekends, took that time to put something real together here that was able to eventually allow me to walk away from my full-time career. Today, I'm doing some of the online stuff. I've got a couple podcasts and I do some other things, courses, that type of thing. But I can be patient with those versus the very long runway in most cases that that takes for most of us. So, Matt, let's talk about the life, because as I said at the top of the show, the Business Life and Coffee podcast is about helping entrepreneurs build a better business, but also a better life and lifestyle. What type of lifestyle has the vending business allowed you to have for yourself and for your family? You know, it's allowed me to have a business where I have complete control over my time. I work when I want to work. I don't when I don't. I don't have to answer to anybody. I don't have to ask anybody except for obviously my wife and my family if I'm going to travel or if we're going to go somewhere or whatever. You know, for me, success is control over time and money. And we've gotten to the point where we've accomplished that. And that has been huge for us. 
um, to wake up when we want. I'm an avid gardener, so I love to be able to spend time, especially this time of year, planting and growing a garden. We raise a bunch of animals out here. I'm very, very active in my church. I love to do work overseas and other countries, helping provide for folks in ways that they can't provide for themselves. I couldn't do a lot of that stuff when I was working nine to five, 40, 50, 60 hours a week and had to ask you know, for permission every time I wanted to do something. Today, I don't have to ask that permission. I can make decisions based on what's right and what's best for us instead of somebody else calling the shots. That's awesome. And so, listener, you are seeing Matt Miller. He is the founder of School Spirit Vending. You can check out his website, schoolspiritvending.com. Also, that ebook that I mentioned, Live Your Dreams, the top 10 reasons why you need to own a vending business can be found at a link specially for our listeners, ssvbusiness.com slash Joey Price. Matt, I like to give the person who I'm speaking, I like to give the last word. So, Do you have any parting thoughts that you wish to share as well as how can people get in contact with you? The biggest thing I would say is if folks are thinking about getting started in business, they need to jump in the pool. The only way you're going to figure it out, learn who your audience is, learn what is really going to work is by getting in the game. Too many people are waiting to get in the game and will never figure it out outside of the pool. The other thing I would say is this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Get rich quick and overnight success do not exist. Joey works his butt off to do what he does. I do this as well as does every other successful entrepreneur that you've ever heard of or from before. So don't be afraid of hard work. Hard work is the answer that most people are missing and is why those that are successful truly are. Uh, And Matt, just one little quick thing. You mentioned you had a podcast, so I want folks to check out your podcast. How can they reach you? Yeah, uh, the podcast is the Sowing Seed podcast, Faith, Family, Farming, and Financial Freedom. It's my lessons from all four of those areas with uh, 51 years of life behind me. They can go to sowingseed.net or they can find it on iTunes or their podcast player of choice. It's also an Amazon Alexa brief for those that have an Echo. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? Only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.